Welcome to The Last Supper, your weekly podcast about art in Asia. I'm your host, Oscar Venhuis. Every weekend I sit down and release an episode bringing new perspectives and engaging dialogues with emerging and established artists, galleries, curators and collectors in Asia. Learn more about art in Asia with Christie's Education in-person and virtual art courses, gallery visits and webinars. Visit Christie's Education website and enter all in capital letters Last Supper 15 to enjoy a 15% discount. The website link and discount code for Christie's Education can also be found in the description of this podcast. In today's episodes, I sat down with Taiwanese-born but Berlin-based artist Su Yin Sin on the role and her fascination with water, her filmmaking approach to get close to complex ecologic connections, and we discussed how she uncovered a waterway under Taipei in Taiwan. Hello Yu Sin, welcome to The Last Supper, and thank you for taking the time to talk with me. How are you today? Hi, um, yes, um, I am... I'm currently in Taipei, and yeah, I'm doing Taipei. It's morning here in Taipei, and um, kind of winter weather, so to say. Haven't got the chance to look out of the window, but I hope there's a little bit sun at the moment. <laughs> you are originally from Taiwan, and at the moment you are visiting because you work and live in Germany. Tell me more about how you ended up in Germany. I actually studied in Germany. I went to Germany to study media art. Um, but mainly, I would say, like, um, I studied in the film class in the art academy, art academy in Leipzig, in the art school, basically. And that was back in 2017. I moved to Leipzig from Taipei. And since then, I'm, I live in Germany for seven years. So it's basically just a coincidence that you are in Taiwan at the moment, but you are permanently based and spend your time in Germany. Yeah, I do. I do spend most of my time in Germany. I'm, I live in Berlin and I have my studio there and I have more like um, daily routine. So yeah, in the past seven years, I'm back and forth, but I'm, I would say, yeah, mainly my uh, my work is in Germany. Yeah, of course, I'm back in Taiwan not only for exhibition, but also for some work production. Um, like, for example, in 2020, I had that commission work from Taipei Biennial, and that was during the pandemic. And so I actually spent almost a year in Taiwan doing the film production. Yeah, that's kind of my my life schedule actually uh, depends or centered with my work production so my practice is uh, focused on much more in the field research or I would say my film production start from field research so I need to spend time to the site which I'm research on and in order to learn about the places and learn about the community and also doing interview and also site visit, etc. So that's kind of my, the way I work. I'm not like studio artist spending a lot of time in studio working with material. I actually spend much time outside and 
doing like interview, filming, and observing the site. And then I go back to studio to do editing and post-production. Now, let's talk about your work and maybe I'll let you decide which projects you want to begin with. I think we can talk about the most recent one, which is um, Particular Waters. Um, yeah, and the work is actually currently could be assessed from the online exhibition of HIVA, Taiwan International Video Art Exhibition. They have an online exhibition for the audience which couldn't visit the physical exhibition. In Taipei, they can get access to the work. And as well, I show the video installation format in this edition in the Taipei Bainio. Yeah, so particular waters is the work which is on showing actually both exhibitions. And should I tell talk a little bit about the work or Yes, maybe talk more about two things. The meaning of the title and I'll just speak more about the background of this work called Particular Waters that you developed in two twenty three. Yeah, so I think for me particular waters um Regarding the name, yeah, I can say many things, um, but maybe in a much uh, straightforward way is I'm thinking of this universal understanding of water, or I want to try to challenge the our common understanding of water, or this way of thinking of a water as resource. So I'm kind of thinking how to challenge this fixed uh, representation of water as only as a resource. So you can say that particular in a way to think about um, particularism and to think about difference and to think about difference in waters. So that's kind of my thinking around waters and water as a pluha. So the work actually, the Mandarin title is 特殊水复数, uh, which is much explicitly to say that um, to have the thinking of water as a pluha, which it's different, it's not always the same. And that's a kind of a starting point for me with the title to think and challenge of this scientific representation of water as H2O and what kind of different form or different thinking and or different meaning of the water it could be. What intrigues and fascinates you about water? Yeah, I think my work is in the past year is around water or really have its thinking of our relations to water, but I didn't, I think until particular waters, I have much looking into the water as an element. If I want to say about the starting point, that would be, I come from an island, I born in Taiwan, and it's subtropical climate here, and the landform is uh, shaped by water. And I think that was actually the point after I moved to Germany and I realized how much 
the climate and this kind of atmospheric or this more humid climate and this presence of the water actually influence or affect me a lot and in the way of thinking also in my work and, and also influence me like in um aesthetic way so i think that is much related to uh, how my connection with the island and the presence of the water in daily life how has the role of water changed because taiwan is surrounded by water because it's an island whereas berlin is not how is your work affected by this yeah if i i look back to my past work it's really start from maybe not really about berlin maybe just because i'm away from taiwan i left or i have um maybe put it in this way i have a distance to look uh, where where i come from and what is the environment like influence me from the childhood until now yeah and i think my living in germany also play a role of create this differences because in germany is actually quite in comparison to taiwan is like really dry yeah and also it's not that kind of climate that would they don't have thunderstorm they sometimes have but not so frequent like taiwan i think the weather and also that different body feeling of water and i think that also make me aware this as i mentioned like presence of water but also how more atmospheric feeling of the environment and it's quite different in germany and in comparison to taiwan and that also connected to my past invitation to work on project in taiwan and that actually started from a river which is actually now next to me close to my parents place and that's the lost river in taipei yeah so i think definitely the distance is kind of great distance or this kind of staging in a way to make me look back what the role of water or what the presence of river and how to thinking with water really play a role so you talked about the background of particular waters and can you also speak more about what the work is do you mind describing the features of this work yeah it's um research project i do and um it's um also a film project which is between documentary and fiction and the work is i would say the film it's from the perspective of female water truck driver and in xinju that's through her perspective we look back into the water conflict or water shortage we could say in 2021 in taiwan and in the xinju region and that is the hub of semiconductor manufacturing in taiwan so the film is through this female water truck driver through her perspective and to look into this drought period in xinju and what is her like through her daily routine of picking up water in the middle upstream and like so she's transport water to the semiconductor factory but um on the way she bumping to a boom operator which is actually 
album operator in the film. I can explain a bit more how I'm, what my thinking behind it. And yeah, they had a conversation regarding to her work. I think there's also a way to have a hint of the status quo of the, this semiconductor shortage at the time and make her change her mind to actually put the water back to the river. So her role is like a river, basically just transport, like not only just transporting water, but just carrying water to the downstream. Is this a fictional or non-fictional person that you are referring to? Yeah, this is a fictional person and it's a fictional story, but it's a fictional story based on interviews and also based on my interviews with um, local workers and also like local farmers. And so the fictional part is just a way for me to weave those chain of connections. So it has its observational documentary approach to the site, to the field, and to the local network there. But also as an artist, I want to provide another perspective to think about this chain of connections and through a female water truck driver into thinking of the water as a carrier of information and also to think of um, our presence like human body also as um, carries water. So there are several layers of thinking about this carrier aspect in the film. And people can still see this work, right? It's still on. It's Habe Banyos uh, open until next March. Yeah, so um, the work you still also can access on my exhibition in Tiva. So you can see the full length of the film there. I'll post a link to Tiva in my web blog website, but your work Particular Waters is the one on display at Tiva in the Honga Museum in Taipei, right? Well, um, the... I'm sorry, it's uh, quite, it's the particular artists I show in Tiva in the online website, but in the physical exhibition in Tiva, I show another film of mine, which is called Blasphemous Number no. 2. So I actually have two works in Tiva. One is online, one is on site. a small favor to ask that will make a big impact. The last supper is offered to you at zero cost. And if you like this show about art in Asia, give this podcast a star rating or subscribe to this podcast channel. Many thanks and let's continue. You mentioned another project of yours, Blast Furnace Number no. 2. What can you say about this work? Yeah, um, Blast Furnace Number no. 2 is actually my first film production in Germany. That is the site is actually is actually a former former steel factory in rural area, and it's a town called Hattingen, and now the site is actually a industrial museum. So they in the late eighties, beginning of nineties, they closed the factory and turned into the museum, and the film is mainly about or around um, an artifact or the giant structure called Blast Furnace, which is part of the deal production. And the work talk 
or circulate or unfold the story in 1989 in Germany before the closure of the factory. They sold the blast furnace number two to Hunan in China. So there were 150 workers from China and they came to Germany and they dismantled the blast furnace, which the structure is like a floors high, huge, gigantic structure. They dismantled the furnace and transported it back to China. Uh, so the film is through a female Chinese translator, through her role as a mediator between two systems. So she's like translate for the workers and also this know-how and coordinate um, and conversation between the German and the Chinese worker. So the work is through her perspective to talk about this history which you can still find the trace of that in the Industrial Museum nowadays in Hedingen. That's also how I work on the observation in the museum and also working with the museum um, mineral collection. So there are like this weaving of different scale and material and talk about the hidden story in the museum. And the work is still also on showing on site in Hattingen in the museum that was part of the route for the visitor to visit the museum. And they can actually see the film before they see the other part of the museum. And so that kind of, I want to blend also the experience of that kind of repetition or like embedded narrative into the visitors mind and then they get to the site so that's um blast furnace number two so blast furnace number two is that a sequel or what is the significance of the number two yeah number two is actually just the um, i think it's a sequel the name of that furnace which had been moved to china and the factory they have number one number three and that was number two. So that's quite straightforward. And my work tends to look into the thing, or you can say to objects, to the material objects, and to see what is the chain of relationship with human and non-human. And also in this sense, with blasphemous, what kind of material flaw which is going through it, simple, the the iron ore, the coal, the heat and the pressure and this kind of material flaw and also in a bigger scale of this global steel production, how it shifts. So I see Blasphone is also as an artifact of this transition for the steel production. Germany used to be the, the biggest steel production country. But now I think it's China and to look into that part of uh, global history from the end of 90s and how it shift to nowadays. But also thinking the future of, yeah, I think I would say the energy politics around it. Another project where water appears to be central is called Water Sleep Number 2. What can you say about the background of this work? Yeah, it's number two as well because there's... um. 
and there's number one, and it's water sleep, and number two is the Akaika River on the Shijiang Road, and which is the work I mentioned a little bit. That is actually where I am now, close to my parents' place, and also where I live for more than twenty years. So the project is about a river which is close to my parents' place, and now is underneath the street. And so that is the work I'm looking for the presence of the river through like two historical map. Yeah, and one is the map from the Japanese colonial period in 1934, and one is the aerial map from the American army in 1942. So it's a work that I'm trying to look for the river, but from this view from above, which is also in a way now we can't see the river from above because it's underneath the road. And that is also that actually the project I'm working on at the moment while I'm here this month in Taipei because I got another invitation to work on this project further, and so I collaborate with scientists in Academia Sinica in in Taipei, and we find out or through her through her data like. Um, we realized that the water seen, which is the lakes and small stream in the Taipei Botanical Garden, is actually the part of Akaike River, which is still overground. But that was there already three thousand years ago. So though I'm like looking for the trace which we can see with our bare eyes on the surface level of the land, and that is also. Also, in a way, to finding back our connection to the water system in, or you can say, waterways in Taipei, because actually before the urbanization or even before the Han people come to Taipei, actually Taipei is a lagoon, and but now actually all the waterway have been canal due to the. Urbanization, canalization for the agriculture that Taipei now is also not like before. Most the waterways is underground. So there will be a follow up sequel as well, which is the one you are working on right now. Yeah, that's the one I'm working on right now, which is it's part three. It's um it's called Revisit Akake, and because I work on the different method. Of that, and much, I would say much through archaeology perspective to look into this、uh, layer of data underground, and that is through the collaboration with the environmental archaeologist in Taipei to look for the trace. Do you already know where Water Sleep Number Three, the sequel, will be shown? This will be shown, which is now in conversation with the botanical garden. And we would like to show my research since 2019 about Akaike River on the site where it used to be. We've spoken about the projects in Taiwan where water is a central theme. I'd like to hear more from you as well about what makes Berlin a good place to create this work. 
I see it differently. I find it's also quite interesting in a way that I, after I left Taiwan, I got the invitation to work about Taiwan. And so like what I, Akake River is actually, I got the invitation from a German curator in Taipei. And then he told me about this river next to my place. And I was like, no, like I live here for more than 20 years. I never heard about this river. So that's a quite interesting connection, which I think for me, I'm consciously, of course, this is my decision to uh, move to Germany. I would like to study with an artist and a filmmaker. He's called Clemens von Wedermeyer. And I have seen his work that was back to 2013 in Documenta. And I'm really inspired by the way he worked with video and with archive and with personal memory and, and also this big history through the, I think at the time the work is about this different generation and how, what is their connection to the site. So the, the work with site specificity and stories and memory. And that is how I got inspired by the way he works and I would like to study with him. So that's the reason I I went to Germany and then I moved to Leipzig at the time. And then I, from that time, I got the invitation to work about the rivers in Taiwan. And that's why I'm back and forth for many years which is also I find this distance and also the different lands I look on the land and also the place I came from. That is the journey and that is also the community I have, especially the art and film community I have in Germany. It's also nurtures me and also challenge me the way I see how I uh, see the role of technology play in our perception or how we, or the role of technology, it can be a tool for us, but it's also change how we understand um, nature and environment. So that is the interconnection of that. We have touched on your working methods and let's talk more about this. What more can you say about your practice-based methods and how this has evolved and emerged over the years? For example, do you challenge your own methods? Yeah, I do. I think every project I challenge or also I try out or experiment on different way of working and I could use like particular waters as a, as an example that I think that is the first time I work with six people and also work with two performers. So I would say like each project, I kind of um, have a little bit part to challenge my comfort zone or the comfort way for me to work. And, but that is also the way to much closer to what I trying to do or what I try to conceptual approach to the site and the subject. 
And so for particular waters is that I'm thinking my work and this role of observation or as an observer, as a filmmaker and artist, how can I approach, how can I talk about the story in the places? Even though I interview the people and then I listen to their story and their struggle and, and I, I wrote it into script so the performer can play a role in that. And, but I still feel that observing with distance about this local network. And so in particular waters, we try, I would say the main object or the main not for for us as a film crew to enter the local water network is through the water trucks. And this water trucks, it's part of the local network and it's also part of the TSMC, which is Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company, which is the company I'm looking into, which is the main cause of this uh, water conflict. That water truck which we hire is also is working for TSMC. So in this way, I'm trying different way of intervention or intervene in the local water network. So not trying to shorten, I would say, shorten this distance of observation and how the observer to what kind of intervention or what kind of distance we have and yeah, how we shift different perspective in that. I'm curious, what is the context when you talk about distance? Are you referring to the physical, psychological, or a different type of distance between the audience and the work? What sort of distance are you describing here? Yeah, the distance I'm talking about is the observer and the object or the observing subject. I think that's the English, the, the right word. I think the distance I'm talking about is distance between the observer and the observing subject. And, but I think this subject object relations, which I'm in the observation, which um, I'm already interested in since 2020 in the last project I did for Taipei Biennial. It's like we are actually as an observer, we are, already part of this network our interaction our way of observing also intervene the subject we are observed so i i like to think about this subject object relationship in during the observation process and that also affect affect my film and also affect the way i'm working in the filmmaking and that is also in a way in the past work and thinking how this subject object observation relationship what the role the water can play in it so like how to look from inside or how to observe if you are actually part of it the work that you create, how do you describe it? Is this a documentary type of work? I wouldn't say what I make is documentary. Because for me, I think when there's a frame or this phrase from Chantal Ackman, like when there's a frame, there's a fiction. So I see also like in a way when the camera is set, there's a certain touch 
and also intervention. And for me, that is all fiction and that is not documentary. So I would say it can be a much observation documentary approach, but I wouldn't call my work as a documentary. And what is your role as a observing filmmaker in your work? Yeah, so I think that it's fiction, and but I also think it's important to point out from which position I observe. And from which position I like we see, and from which position we frame the thing we see. So I'm much interested in this observing relations to to show the back end of it, or to show the making of it, to show who is watching what, from which position, or from which angle. And so actually in in the work in 2020, that I always, um, if I need to say one, just one sentence about the uh, work, is actually, as an artist, I'm observing the scientists and to see their work in the nature. So in the work, I actually showing the crew, like showing me and my cameraman, etc., in this environment, how how we situated in the environment and what we are looking at. So to review this observation, like the position of the observer and the subject of the observation. Are you saying that you change the roles and that you are being observed instead of being the observer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is the, the way to review and to the way to break this break this illusion or break the fiction part of it to show the the relations of server and observation um, subjects. So you have a very broad body of work. Are there particular features or characteristics to describe what you do as a filmmaker and artist? How do I I would say it's, um, let me think. I have quite different research. Like my work is more like research-based work. And um, I think I'm always looking into this complex ecological relations in the places. And I think filmmaking for me is a way to approach or getting close to to those complex connection I'm looking at and through usually I work with video in a way to also as a film as a main main medium in the past year in order to intervene this this complex network and also restage this complex network I'm looking at. So I think that's how I can say about it because the work is in different places. It's from different people. And I'm working on in a way to restage those connections in order to point out certain voices which is missing in the much loud narrative.
with climate change in the spotlight and being in the media quite a lot, let's do a thought experiment, if you don't mind. What is your personal view on the future role of water? I think the role of water, or I hope the role of water, or how how we perceive the role of water in in our daily life will change, will be liberated from this fixation, seeing water only as a resource. But I think to think about the future and also to be concerned or to be aware of climate change, I think the the role of water, its complexity will unfold in the near future. And um, the fighting for water or the, well, it's definitely a complex question. And I'm thinking that in a way, I'm still working on that to challenge the to the connection of our understanding of water. But I think the role of water in the future will definitely challenge our fixed understanding of water, but also be a word that I hope is not the violent way to finding back our connection uh, with water. But um, yeah, maybe not, but. <laughs> That's it for today, and I'm going to end today's episode with a question about your last meal. So, if you were to have your last supper, who would you invite, and what would you talk about at your last dinner? Oh, wow. I will invite everyone. I will just open the door and anyone could come. But, of course, I would like to have yeah, the people I love people I share the time with be present <laughs> for the dinner and what would I say I think I would I would invite everyone there to have a kind of thought trip or kind of meditation <laughs> in a way to imagine the yeah the beginning of the earth or the much um primordial time of the earth we are still in this hot liquid soup which at the time there's no human presence and i would like to invite everyone to think at that time and to imagine at that time we are actually all connected and there's no race no sex no differences we are all one and we are all connected and we are like this mesh of connections. And I think I would like to do that together with everyone for the dinner to have this thought together. Many thanks, you sent for your time today and explaining more about your work. All the best with your current and new shows and I hope to see you soon again. Thank you. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Last Supper with Berlin-based artist Su Yin Sing. If you like this show about art in Asia, you can support us by giving this episode a star rating and subscribing to this podcast. 
If you have any questions, suggestions, or wish to participate in this podcast, you can contact me on Oscar at thelastsupper.asia. You can visit my website www.thelastsupper.asia as well, or contact me direct on Instagram at thelastsupper.asia.